Welcome to Hacking Your ADHD, part of the ADHD Rewired Podcast Network. I'm your host, William Kerb, and I have ADHD. On this podcast, I dig into the tools, tactics, and best practices to help you work with your ADHD brain. Today, we've got a question from listener Wayne. Of the, of the many tasks that I have going, one of them is writing. I've been working on screenplays for about 24 years, though never completed one. I believe that I have some great ideas inside of me and I've done courses and reading and lots of practice. I find I stop once I reach a hard part, like he referred to in an episode um, as a dip. It's at that stage I give up. I can get back into it, but what really helps me is to ponder about it and let inspiration come to me sort of organically, and eventually it does. And I work around it, and I feel like I'm back on track. In the meantime, I have so many notes and many different folders with subfolders and different notes, and it all becomes too hard. Then I venture onto something else, and my current screenplay gets put aside. This is often seasonal. The weather gets warmer and I start to do other things. Then the year rolls by. Winter comes again. I'm back at square one and seems to just continue. Any advice you have for writing would be great. All right. This was a great question. And thanks so much for leaving me the message, Wayne. I'm sure many of you can relate to Wayne's question here. If not for writing, then for some other kind of project where we get started and make a good go of it, but find ourselves giving up at the hard part. Of course, we don't completely give up on it either. We let that project linger because, of course, we're going to come back to it when we've got the time. And then when we do get back into it, it's a mess. In today's episode, we'll be looking at some of the ways to make getting into writing easier, how to address the difficult parts we find in the middle of projects, and also some ways that we can stay on track. If you'd like to follow along on the show notes page, you can find that at hackingyouradhd.com slash writingpast. And if you'd like to have your own question answered, just like Wayne did here, you can leave me a message over at hackingyouradhd.com slash contact, and just click the orange button. I'd love to hear from you, and if I can, I'll be sure to answer your question on the air too. All right, keep on listening to find out how you can write past the hard parts. So listening through that question, I see a few areas that we can work on with Wayne. So let's take a quick look at the problems we're going to have to address. First, we've got putting down our project before we finish them. And while we'll look at that, we've also got to address the second issue, which is picking stuff back up. In an ideal world, we'd always finish our project in one go, whether that means finishing something in a week or a month or a year without picking up a new project. But I don't think it's realistic to assume that we're never going to put something down for an extended period. Sometimes life comes at you hard, and you have to let something go by the wayside. Nonetheless, our first focus should come on completing the project, so that we can avoid that second problem. One of the things I noticed was how Wayne mentioned that he liked to let inspiration come back to him organically. This is a really common way to think about motivation and creative work, that we just can't force our creative brains to make stuff happen. This is definitely an idea behind writer's block, and with ADHD, We know that if we just lock ourselves in a room and try to make the work happen, we're just going to find ourselves doing everything but our work. I've rarely had good results from staring at a blank page. But I'm also someone who needs to write nearly every day. I can't wait for inspiration to strike when I'm working on an episode. And while I certainly appreciate it when it does strike, 
it's just too unpredictable to rely on. So instead, let's look at the idea of staring at that blank page. One of the problems with the blank page is that it has too many possibilities. I could write about anything, and so my mind shoots off in a hundred directions, and nothing happens. No matter what I try to make come out, it doesn't sound as good as when it was in my head. I'll write a line and wonder how on earth I ever wrote anything before because what I just wrote was so inane that I got bored while writing it. This unfortunately doesn't always go away. I spend at least part of my day just writing awful, awful stuff that I'm never going to use. And I'm sure you've heard this in writing classes before. That writing is about producing the volume so that you can get to the good stuff and that the real writing comes in the editing stage. I've definitely discovered that a lot of writing is about editing but that has never helped me with getting the original words out on the page. Crappy writing doesn't inspire me to do more writing, and just pushing through isn't really a viable strategy with ADHD. When we're boring ourselves, we kind of just grind to a halt. In my head, I now want to change the question to, how can I just start writing interesting stuff from the get-go? But that's a bad question, because it assumes that there's always going to be a way for me to do that. I know that I'm not always going to be writing interesting stuff. So instead, our question should be, How can I get myself past the bad parts? And this is a question that we can all use when we're starting new projects. We're always going to run into those hard parts. Predictable hard parts. And of course, unpredictable hard parts too. But for now, let's focus on what we know. For a lot of us with ADHD, the hard part is getting started. And so again, we have this blank page problem. How do we get past that blank page? I like using a process of I like using a process that I call pre-writing. Before starting on any episode for this show, I spend some time pre-writing. This is where I'm creating a document where I dump ideas and ask questions. It's a way to organize my thoughts before I actually start writing. Since this is a document that I don't share with anyone else, it can include anything I want. I have plenty of pre-writing documents that start off with things like, I have no idea what I should be writing about for this topic. Maybe I should change topics. And I still don't know about And from there, I can use that as a prompt to get me writing. Because when I have things like I still don't know about, I can use that to start trying to answer those questions I don't know. And again, since this is just a document for myself, I'll do things like Google questions and then just copy and paste answers I find, or even paste images I find relevant. Now, since you're talking about screenplays, a different way to approach the pre-writing idea is to have some specific question that you're asking yourself to help get started. Probably things like, what is this scene about? Which characters are going to be involved? What outcome do I hope to get out of this scene? And a huge bonus that we get out of pre-writing is that because it's not actually being included, you don't have to be precise with your language. I often use bullet points because I know I don't need a whole sentence to get those ideas across to myself. So you could be like, what's involved in this scene? Joe, a rake, and Joe being a jerk with a rake. And then that can help spawn other questions that you can answer like, well, how can I show Joe being a jerk with a rake? Or why is it important that Joe's being a jerk here? Whatever helps get those ideas out of your head. One other aspect that I sometimes forget to mention with my pre-writing is that I like to use two monitors while I'm writing. And so then once I get to the actual writing stage, I can have one screen that has my pre-writing page on it and the other screen with my script so I can just look over and reference it. Pre-writing can also be a great place to work on outlining. While I don't, extes- while I don't extensively outline what I'm working on, I at least like to have an idea of the structure that I'm going to be working on and the ideas that I'm trying to write to. Structure can be a great way to help the ADHD brain work through some of those problems where we don't know where to go next. Now, sometimes I find that when I'm writing, that I'm still coming up with plenty of new ideas while I'm actually writing. And it's not always about the section that I'm writing on. For example, 
While I was working on this section on pre-writing, I had other ideas pop into my head that should go later on into the episode. And so I had a choice to make here. I could go and immediately work on the parts with my new ideas, but then that runs the risk of derailing me from the part I was originally working on. This is kind of similar to how Wayne mentions that when he comes back to his work months later, that the notes are too much of a mess to help him. Except for me, this is on a micro level over just a few minutes. And this is an okay option to take sometimes. But if I'm going to be jumping around the page, I need to leave myself breadcrumbs to follow to regain my train of thought. And these are just going to be quick notes about what I was planning on writing next. It doesn't have to be a whole big thing, just enough so that I'm not lost when I return. And I should mention, writing these notes is a great practice when you're stopping for the end of your session. Write yourself a note about where you want to go next. It's a bit similar to advice Ernest Hemingway gave about his writing practice, where he'd stop writing in the middle of a sentence because it gave himself a place to start back up the next day when he resumed writing. I'm going to admit that this probably isn't the best advice for ADHD brains. When I've left sentences half complete, instead of finding a place to start, I find a place where I'm confused as to what I was actually trying to say. Which is why I recommend leaving notes instead, because that's worked much better for me, and I can also leave enough detail to know what still needs to happen, and that can help me come into my writing session with, hopefully, a bit of momentum. Okay, and so jumping around to fill in ideas is one strategy, but what I've come to appreciate more is just writing myself notes right there in the page so I don't really derail myself. I either drop the note over in my pre-writing page on the other screen, or I'll just drop in some carrot brackets below what I'm writing and fill in those ideas. These notes are especially useful when I'm not just having ideas of things that I should add in later, but stuff I should have mentioned earlier. Because I'll be writing one thing and go, ah, shoot, this won't work unless I talk about this other thing first. That should really go at the beginning of an episode. And just right there, I'll add in what I need to do, and keep writing as if I had already made those edits. This lets me finish my train of thought of what I'm working on, and not succumb to my ADHD impulses of just jumping to whatever's on my mind. One of the most difficult parts of writing, though, is getting through the middle. This is where a lot of writers find their writing falls apart. And this seems wrong intellectually. We know that we have to have a strong hook to draw in the readers, and that if we don't have a strong ending, we're going to leave readers unsatisfied. All three parts can't be the most important part. But that doesn't matter, because how hard something is doesn't also dictate how important it is. And let me be clear here, the middle is very important. We can't skip the middle. Right now I've got a post-it note stuck to my monitor that says, The middle is messy. Day two is the dip. So day two is a term I got from Brene Brown in her book Rising Strong. It's the messy middle of a project, and what often sucks the most about day two is that you can't skip it. You know you're heading into the stormy waters. But if you want to get to the other side, you've got to push through. Day two is where we hit the point of no return. We've completely entered the tunnel, and we still can't see the light at the other side. If we can get through day two, then we can make it the rest of the way. Or let's think about running a marathon. In the beginning, it's not so bad. We're feeling in our groove. We've got a long way to go still, but we've still got our energy from just starting. But as the miles wear on and on, that initial enthusiasm is waning. We're not feeling so good about this whole thing anymore. And I mean, the finish line is still a long ways away. This is what runners often refer to as hitting the wall. They're tired, and they no longer feel the push to finish. For most runners, the worst part is around mile 20. But after that point, runners generally don't quit. Once they feel like they have the end in sight, they can endure the rest of the race. It's that part before we can envision ourselves finishing that we quit. You know where the end is supposed to be, but you can't picture a way for yourself to get to that ending. So getting through these hard parts is where we need to focus the most of our efforts. 
While it would be nice if we never hit that wall, that's not a good assumption to make. History has shown us that we're going to hit that wall over and over again. Our question is how are we going to get past it? So the first thing that's really important for us to do is acknowledge that the middle is hard. I can't emphasize this enough. When we tell ourselves that we, when we tell ourselves that what we're doing should be easy and find that it's not, we start beating ourselves up and we find ourselves doing anything but the thing we want to be doing. Instead, what we've got to do here is reassess our expectations. We have to acknowledge that going through the middle is one of the hard parts. Because once we accept that something's hard, it's a lot easier for us to deal with. Now, additionally, when we're approaching something that we know we might end up quitting, it's important that we decide what the conditions are for quitting before we even start. When we're in the middle of things, it's the worst time for us to make that decision about quitting. This is when we're going to find ourselves filled with doubt and questioning the purpose of what we're doing. Day two is when we're feeling all that discomfort. And when we're in discomfort, we almost always take the path of least resistance. And so in many cases, this is where we give up. Because the thing is, when we're in the middle of things, we're not thinking logically. We're just basing our decision off of how we feel right then. If we're in discomfort, our feelings are going to tell us to quit. We know that we're going to hit rough patches in everything that we do. So if we don't plan ahead for those rough patches, we're always going to be finding ourselves with that temptation to quit. So one of the best ways that we can get through those hard parts is with some accountability. Accountability is one of the most powerful tools that we can utilize here because it helps reduce that burden we're carrying, and it can help give us some perspective. Let's imagine we're back running that marathon. We're pulling into mile 18. We're right in the middle of that dip. And we come around the corner and we see a group of our friends cheering us along. It doesn't make sense, but our legs feel lighter. Taking that next step isn't as hard, and it feels easier to keep on running. Or what if we had a buddy running right along next to us, telling us that we've got this and to keep going? I don't know about you, but I think I can finish that race now. We can get a lot of these same feelings when we're working with an accountability partner. What we're doing is going to be just as hard. We just have someone else in our corner. And when we tell them that we're thinking about quitting, they can help give us some outside perspective. They can help remind us how far we've come and help us see that the light at the end of the tunnel is closer than we think. These people aren't going to make us do the work. They're just going to help us see that we can do the work. Of all the things I can recommend to help you finish up a manuscript, I'd have to put finding a good accountability partner or team at the top of the list. This one thing will make all the other parts easier. And I know it feels like you should have something to show before you get someone else involved, but this is just your brain trying to rationalize not finding an accountability partner because the idea is a little uncomfortable. I know it doesn't feel great admitting that I can't do everything on my own, but that's the reality of things. It's always going to be the reality of things. And even if I could do things all on my own, they wouldn't be nearly as good if I didn't have support from other people. Life is a team sport, so take advantage of the fact that you have teammates. And if you don't have teammates right now, find some. It makes everything else easier. I have an entire episode on accountability teams, so go check out the episode, Compassionate Ass-Kicking for the Win. And before we finish out, I just wanted to mention a couple other tools for writing that you might be interested in. So one of your concerns was with how disorganized your notes ended up being, and this is where having specific writing software can really help. I like using a program called Scrivener for my creative writing. It's got a great format for organizing your writing, And you can put things into subfolders, and I just love its organizational features. Plus, it's got a bunch of other features just for helping with the writing process. And then another option here is a site my brother introduced me to called For the Words. That's the numeral for, and then the words, the words, 
as equally confusing. So just for the words, links in the show notes page. But the premise behind the site is to gamify your writing, where you set writing targets, and then as you hit them, you defeat monsters and that kind of thing. Basically, you make your whole writing process a quest. It's not something that I've personally used very much myself, but it can be a great way to help motivate your writing. All right, I hope that helped. And if anyone else has a question, be sure to head over to hackingyouradhd.com contact and leave me yours. Thanks for sticking with me all the way to the end. Before you go, though, let's do a quick rundown of today's top tips. One, use pre-writing to focus your thoughts and to help build your momentum into writing so that you aren't relying so much on inspiration to keep working on your project. Two, create notes as you're writing so that you know what you are working on when you come back to it and to record ideas as they come to you so that you're not jumping around the page so much. Three, you can't skip day two. You've got to forge through the messy middle if you want to get to the other side. Knowing this ahead of time can help you plan on how to get through the hard parts. 4. One of the most powerful ways you can get through the messy middle is to find an accountability partner. Your accountability partner won't make your work easier. Instead, they'll just help provide outside perspective and let you see that you can actually do the things you want to do. That's it. Thanks for listening. I'd love to hear what you thought of this episode. You can reach me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at HackingYourADHD. Or you can connect with me over at hackingyouradhd.com slash contact. And I just want to give one more thank you shout out to Wayne for leaving me that question. I know I mentioned a lot of stuff in this episode, so if you'd like to find the links to those things, just go check out the show notes page at hackingyouradhd.com slash writing past. If you want to support the show, be sure to leave a review on your podcast player or share this episode. You can also check out my Patreon at patreon.com slash hackingyouradhd. If you're this far into the end of the show, you might also be interested in the other podcasts on the ADHD Rewired Podcast Network. For in-depth interviews with fellow ADHDers and ADHD experts, check out ADHD Rewired with Eric Tivers. If you're a parent with ADHD or have a child with ADHD, definitely check out Brendan Mahan Show, ADHD Essentials. I also do a live Q&A with Eric and Brendan every second Tuesday of the month at 10.30 a.m. Pacific. If you'd like to register for the next one, just go to ADHDRewired.com events. And now, for your moment of dad. All this talk of writing has got me thinking of trying to write something for the theater. I know, it'll be called Dictionary, a play on words. Dictionary.